IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Rather than looking at multiple programs to help your child in different subjects, one subscription gets you everything with IXL Learning, and all the kids in your home work off once from pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com IXLAV. Visit IXL.com IXLAV to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. The CONCACAF Nations League final is set as the US MNT beat Honduras and Mexico beat Costa Rica in penalties. Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce here to recap Thursday's action and we look ahead to the final. It's not our full preview, but it's a little taster. Our CONCACAF Nations League Thursday recap begins right now. Welcome to the Kigo Lasso CONCACAF Nations League semifinals recap as the USMNT beat Honduras and Mexico in amazing penalty shootout effect beat Costa Rica. So it's going to be everything that we wanted in the final USMNT against Mexico. But before we get to that, we welcome, of course, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? A long day, but a great day. And we got the final that we wanted, U.S. versus Mexico, as Luis just said. And I'm here for it. I'm very excited. And hopefully both national teams perform a little bit better than they did today. Absolutely. And of course, with me as well, and Jimmy as well, and our producer, Lisa Roman, who I think is asleep. But it's okay. We'll wake her up in a second. Heath Pierce. Heath, what's up, man? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. We've, we've been on our feet since about one noon local time. And I just took my shoes and socks off and I just caught a whiff of my feet. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. Full transparency. Uh, I don't look my best. I don't smell my best, but what a day today. What a day. What- what a way to sell yourself, Heath Beers. Thanks yeah. so much for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good thing this is a podcast. Uh, but anyway, welcome, everybody. As Heath and Jimmy mentioned, this is late. It's uh, as we're taping, it's already 12 a.m. Mountain Time, 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, what is it in Pacific right now, Jimmy? It's uh, hashtag hard work dedication. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what time it is, everybody. Let's go. A big, sh- big shout out to our producer, Lisa, though, for, for toughing this one out. Um, yes, East Coast time. Huge respect. <laughs> that, that, that's that's fairly power right there. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. We're on in our 25th Red Bull. But anyway, let's do it. Let's get into it. I, because we're making fun of this thing that we're like, like Keith said, we've been on our feet all day. Uh, we want to, um, we're going to do it, a recap full on, but I'm going to give the guys a two shot clock. Like they can't go longer than two minutes because I know that we like to talk and stuff, but your best takes two minutes and let's see what you got. And if you go beyond two minutes, guys, I'm going to buzz you out. Okay. All right. I think they know that already. So let's see what happens. All right. Okay. So let's begin 
Jimmy Conrad, USMNT. Hey, I thought you were going to go to Heath Perf. Oh, Jimmy, you're wasting time. You're talking. Yeah, go, go. Wait. started, go. Wait, what did you start? <laughs> no, we begin from my question, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> Jimmy Conrad, USMNT, Honduras, one nothing. Uh, the victory, the most important thing that obviously the U.S. Greg Berhalter wanted. Tell me about the game, though. Tell me about what you thought uh, you saw from, from tonight. I'm going to take my first two minutes, everybody, and talk about the positives. And what I really liked with the starting lineup was some consistency that we saw from Switzerland, specifically the center backs. This might be the first time that I can remember, maybe the first time in Greg Berhalter's tenure where we had the center backs start two consecutive games. And I think that's really going to help with rapport and trust. And I thought Mark McKenzie and John Anthony Brooks were solid. And I think as center backs, it's all you really want out of them is be solid and consistent. And I thought they displayed that again today. So I was really happy with that. On the other side, on the attacking side of the ball, yeah, we were a little stifled here and there. I thought Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic, when they get in good spots, they, they do go run at people. I love their courageousness and the bravery to make sure they continue to do that. I think they always put defenders on their back heels. I just wish that maybe we could have created more numerical advantages out wide with Anthony Robinson and Serginho Dest being our outside backs. I thought they were a little neutralized in some ways by Honduras in that regard. But ultimately, we learned how to cope with adversity. A lot of these players were getting their first taste of CONCACAF in a really meaningful way. And I thought we came out of it not necessarily smelling like a rose, but we, do, we did what we needed to do. And I think it's a, something to lean back on when we're going through some tough stuff in through World Cup qualifying and against Mexico on Sunday. Okay, I'm done. I, I see my time. That was definitely under two minutes. Yeah, he's got, he's, got a, he's got a minute. and uh, He's got 40 seconds left. Don't tell him that. <laughs> I got 40 seconds left? Okay, give me one more thing. No, I just was really pleased um, with the fact that despite the circumstances, despite us not playing well, despite the the emotional rise that I think that Honduras knew they were going to have to get out of us to potentially throw us off our game, even though there were moments where it seemed like we were losing our way. Zach Steffen would come up with a big save. Josh Sargent would clear stuff off of his line uh, or whatever it may be. We were making those little plays. And now we just have to tie those in a little bit more together, especially on the attacking side of the ball. Because if we had scored early, then I think this Honduras game or wouldn't have been as close for sure. And I think we would have managed it a lot better. But then I was a little nervous, actually, because I was like, Jimmy, oh, man, I'm sorry. Time's up. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> time's up. Heath, talk to me. Yeah, look, for, first of all, I just want to point out that uh, the late goal against Honduras, I was also at the one in, in San Pedro Sula and I was in the same exact spot of the field. And I jumped up from sitting down both times and immediately realized that I'm close to passing out because I've now gone from sitting to standing and screaming in a way that I hadn't done before. Like I was, I was a little bit nervous. Like I, I started to get the spins a little bit, but with regard to the game, I think Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy was, was spot on. This is an unpopular opinion that I have and, and maybe it's more popular than I think, but I think it's an unpopular opinion. And Jimmy, I would love your take on this at, at some point as well. I don't remember a time where we, in a game of consequence where we played beautifully from start to finish, where there wasn't some sort of sacrifice along the way. And I, I, maybe not, maybe that's a little bit extreme, but what I'm saying is I was talking to, to a few guys, Mark McKenzie specifically, he was telling me how he was frustrated after the game. And there was moments during the game where he was like, kind of like, man, we, we played like absolute crap. And I was like, yeah, but guess what? You're going to say that every single away game in world cup qualifying and if you can say that and leave with a point and or three points, that is a really big thing to grow on, right? You don't go, you, a lot of these things we get caught up in like, because Giorena plays a beautiful place next to Holland and Dortmund and they play this Gagan press that's really nice and, 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 and Pulisic plays at Chelsea and there's such quality players and have world-class players around them. 
very few national teams actually play attractive styles of play regularly, right? It's a little more pragmatic. It's a little bit more because you're piecemealing it together, right? Mm -hmm. And you hope that you have enough quality and enough gelling to have a result. And I thought today was a big step towards, one, the realities of CONCACAF, but two, the team building con uh, confidence and knowing that sometimes you got to play ugly to get results. And yeah, it came late and yeah, they could have lost. And sometimes luck plays into that as well. Mexico, uh, same thing. So yeah, uh, overall, I think a, a very positive result. Good point, though. Good point about the you got to win ugly, right? And I think USMNT have to get used to that, Jimmy. No, and I, I remember a story. We played down in Guatemala City for a World Cup qualifier, and we had already qualified. We just beat Mexico and Columbus, so this was a little bit of our younger guys throwing them all together and see how if we can get a result. And Guatemala needed to win. And I remember after the game, we drew 0-0, and Bruce, was, Bruce Arena was the manager, and he was just kind of disgusted with us a little bit, as Bruce can be from time to time. And he told me afterwards that he thought I played like crap. But then he told me a few, like a week later, oh, I watched the tape and you were actually pretty good. <laughs> and, 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 and so I feel like that Mark McKenzie vibe of us not playing well, it kind of extends to everybody because there is a certain type of expectation that we want. And I think it's coping with, with problems in a way, solving problems uh, under some, some adverse situations or circumstances. And I thought that today we managed that maybe a little bit better. We had we didn't really know what this team was made of in this type of situation. And again, this is a home game. We're still playing in Denver. Wait till we go on the road and we're we're, we're trying to get these results. It's a lot lot difficult. It's a lot more difficult. And and when you go down to San, San Pedro Sula to play, and they're going to put you at at noon and 90 degree weather, and that the, they're not going to mow the grass. You know, they're going to do everything they possibly can to throw you off your game. And so these are really important steps to yes, winning ugly is, a, is the best way to describe it. So yeah, it's funny though, how, how you feel about those performances, but to your point, Heath, if you can come out of those with results, that's going to end up booking your ticket to the world cup. Yeah. One particular player I thought was excellent. And I think he's always excellent was Brooks actually, because I mean, yeah, he, the most, I mean the way mistakes. he recovered after that Meg that he got yeah, Meg, that, that, that Meg, <laughs> that Meg was pretty, <laughs> that Meg was pretty. But that Meg was pretty, but he, he's, he's, he's pretty tall. You're going to get Meg from time to time when you're like, <laughs> well, yeah. And it was, it, it was just such great timing on, on how it happened as well. But, uh, and also the view was great, but no, my point is, you know, the, the entire conversation about this USMNT right now is like, they're super young. They're still trying to find their feed, whatever. But Brooks, every time I watch him and it was the first time I saw him live in, with this team, he brings that calmness, you know, he brings that sort of uh, older brother vibe. And it was, it was his setup that set up the goal, right? It was like, he started up. My only worry though, is that when you face Mexico, he's not going to get that much time on the ball, like to, to, you know, but I, I, I like what I see from him. And if, if McKenzie can form this partnership with him and become more consistent, you know, as the games go along, it'll be great. But listen, ultimately it's about winning. Just get to the final. That's all. That's the only thing that we were talking about. And that's what they did in the yeah, end. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Final thoughts uh, of this game before we take a break and then we move on to uh, Mexico, Costa Rica. Heath. Uh, I'll give my final thoughts are that uh, I think it's a few, a few, a few quick final thoughts is one. You need to be better for longer stretches in these games if you want to be good against these teams, right? We saw yep. sample sizes. Now those sample sizes have to extend. Can they be 10 minutes? Can they be 15 minutes that you find this rhythm? Can you extend that out to 25, 30 minutes? Can you put together a really complete half and then worry about the rest later? Obviously, we saw 
some of the statistics that came out of Switzerland were that the team really, really tanked in the second half when, when that elevation hit, we saw that same sort of thing. You know, you settle in, you go a few sprints in, in Denver and you're quickly realized like, oh, I'm going to have to pick and choose my moments. I'm going to probably be a little more conservative, less wide open. We saw some of that. But the second thing is, is again, continuing to, to gel in these moments. The, there's a number of these guys that haven't gone through that. You know, there's, there's like a, a saying that they say in ski racing where it's like they throw the young people in with the older racers to feel the speed, right? You can't feel the speed in any other way than when you're bombing down the mountain on a slalom course. There's no other way you can, there's no simulation until you go wide open like that. And today they got to go wide open and get a result out of it. So I think it's a huge learning moment for them to realize like, okay, this is a different type of game. This is a different type of a style of play. It's a different level of respect. You don't get the same respect as Dortmund gets uh, in the Bundesliga when you play against another team. These teams do not respect you. They will, they are doing everything to ruin your day. So it, it's just an eye opener that I think uh, is a good learning experience. And now to be able to be in a final and learn from something is far better than having to learn and be in a consolation game. Yeah, Jimmy. I, I would just add that uh, some of our boys are now getting used to what is called shithousery in Concacaf. <laughs> yeah, and it and, happened a lot today. Oh man, it happened in both games, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just part of playing in this region, and and I'm here for it. I love it. I, I think it adds some spice and some juice to the Those, game. And, and I'm right. Those and, poor and, girls carrying the stretcher. They ran that, like three miles carrying a stretcher today because they went amazing. on the field 25 if that's, times. If that that's a amazing. gift that you win, if that's a prize that you win, I want my money back. Like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> and the only one thing that I would say from – this feels like – then oh, criticism feels harsh, but just – a note. I thought it was quite surprising given that it was warm. You guys can attest to that. And at altitude that Greg Berhalter waited till the 75th, 76th, 77th mm. minute to make any subs. Yeah, good and point. I don't know if he did that, if that was by choice because he did want to have them suffer a bit and learn how to suffer together as a group, which that's a, that's a, something I could buy into and, and understand. Or if he just, I don't know. I don't know what he was waiting for. And I don't remember seeing any quotes after the game from him that really explained why. Now his subs did come in and make a difference and, and uh, Sibachu scored, which was awesome. But maybe he could have made a bigger difference if he'd come in 15 minutes earlier and maybe saved some of those legs that we're going to need for Mexico on Sunday. It, it's, it was interesting for me. That was the only thing. Outside of that, you know, I thought he was fine from a managerial perspective. And I'm excited to see who he selects for, for his starting 11 against Mexico. Yeah, good point that you bring. Maybe it's because Greg Berhalter, not obsessed, but he he, he uh, focuses a lot on the flow of the game, the rhythm of the game. And sometimes he probably worries that if he takes too many early substitutions for his, in, in his consideration, it might disrupt that. But I said it on HQ, I'll say it again. The good thing right now is that to your point, Jimmy, the subs made an impact and that's depth. And that's mm -hmm. so important. I mean, Luis, by the way, you, yeah. you made a comment on HQ as well that I thought was really interesting. When when oh, this is nice, go on. When Greg Berhalter <laughs> continue. Over, when Greg Berhalter came over after the game, you could see in his eyes a sense of uh, relief, a sense yeah. of like I think we got away with one. Yeah, together. he came to um, shake our hand, Jimmy. And, like at the end, like you know, we were like, "Well done, Greg," and and you just saw like his like. Well, Thanks, guys. <laughs> it was like the oh. Jimmy. It was like the face you wouldn't you wouldn't show anybody else, but people that get it right. Like right, people right, that right, have, right. That, no, that, I get like, it. We're of the industry. He gives you that look of like you know other people around here might not know, but like we know what just happened, and like yeah. that that big was a excel, big excel. Yeah. I, I had friends texting me if Berhalter loses this, he should be he should be sacked, he should be fired, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I wasn't even <laughs> thinking in those terms because that feels pretty harsh, but. If you lost to Honduras with almost your A team for the most part, minus maybe Tyler Adams, 
and, and my maybe point Jordan to Morris, that, I don't, I don't know. Mexico yeah, if, well, sure, my, point sure, sure. that my, my point to that, my point to that would be no, but it's an argument to be made and that's dangerous enough. I mean, he'd be, he would be under a lot of pressure yes. if we had lost to Honduras. Correct. And that was, and I had to, I had to talk down my friends. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And these guys are in the Jimmy, know as you, well. Jimmy, you lose to Mexico. It's going to be the same pressure, right? Because right sure. now we have this weird thing in U.S. soccer where everything's this connective tissue back to Olympic failure, World Cup qualifying. And like some people even take it further and deeper into like pay to play systemic racism mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. the the, the, the mm -hmm. soccer landscape and all these things. But like there's this connective tissue that we're trying to break away from and say, hey, that's that's then. This is now. This is a new generation. The successes and failures are going to be based on something different. But if we can't break away from that and get a result to show like, hey, we also know how to get results. We also know how to round the corner. We also know that this project has a fruition, a short-term fruition, a long-term fruition. It's going to continue to get get connected to every failure we've ever had uh, in the history of U.S. soccer. That would be a really long text to his friends, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine, mine needs so to be an me, audio let me, tell you what, let me tell you what Hollywood Heath told me. <laughs> and I quote. Jimmy, yeah, were, I your quote. Friends, were your friends Jürgen Klinsmann and Bruce Lee? No. <laughs> Jürgen, Klinsmann, Jürgen Klinsmann is definitely not my friend. I, 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 I ride that guy every single chance that I get. Bruce Lee, on the other hand, uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I'm I, sure. He... I love that, by the way. I thought you played crap a week later. You were actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine me sitting with that for a while, you know? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Anyway, USMNT get to the final and they will face Mexico. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mexico against Costa Rica, because if you thought it was an anxious city, my God, uh, Mexico, Costa Rica gave us even more of that. Kego Lasso, we'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you can see that the shot clock went out the window, but everybody's pretty much trying to keep uh, to their time, so it doesn't really matter. Mexico, make it happen against Costa Rica just because it went to penalties. Um, not the prettiest game, but got to tell you, the atmosphere was tremendous. Obviously, you know, for both negative and positive uh, perspectives, uh, you know, the anti-discriminatory Protocol had to be involved, et cetera. And, you know, you never want to see that happen. But CONCACAF, I think, is is, is trying to take action, and, and rightly so. But, you know, let's talk about the game here first. Jimmy Conrad, Mexico uh, in penalties. Memo Ochoa once again shows why he's still number one, why he's captain, and why he's Memo Ochoa. 
Yeah, 35-year-olds, goalkeeper, still doing it. We could argue that's a good time to be a goalkeeper, that age. You know, you're still in your prime, not to the, in your yeah, prime. You know, We can argue that a lot of goalkeepers kind of find their prime around that age. But, yes, he's still doing it. I thought this game had a lot of parallels to what we saw with U.S. versus Honduras, that Mexico started off brightly, had some really good chances. Uh, Irvin Lozano, Chucky Lozano, was, had a great one got saved there from the Costa Rican goalkeeper, not named Keeler Navas. And, and they were busy, you know, I don't feel like they had that normal urgency maybe from, from, uh, when we watched the Mexican national team play, I think we will see that against the U S I know that Tata Martino was not happy in his post-game press conference. He, he very, very, uh, a stark contrast to Greg Berhalter, who was, I think, pretty excited to you guys' point that, that, he just was like feeling that that relief that they got the result that they needed to get to the final, whereas Tata was really upset and, and not happy with his players. And I think we're going to see a, a different uh, it not a, may, might, might be a very similar starting lineup, but I think we're going to see a different urgency and energy. Yeah, the mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, that'll be interesting to see how the U.S. copes with that, because I've been at a few U.S.-Mexico games under Burhalter, and he likes to play out of the pressure. But Mexico is so good at pressing it could lead to some trouble. So we'll see kind of how we balance that in a, in a few different ways. But I just thought Mexico, again, I mean, they showed their quality, but what Costa Rica showed and what I loved from them and also from Honduras is that you're going to have to fight and, 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 and earn every single thing that you're going to get. They're never going to hand you anything. And, and that's CONCACAF to a T. Like he, there's no easy games in CONCACAF. And, and to Heath's point earlier, everybody thinks everywhere else in the world that it's so easy to qualify. And yes, we do probably get maybe one extra spot to the World Cup that not necessarily that we don't deserve, but but uh, makes it a little bit easier for, for us to do it. There are no easy games here. And, and I thought that Costa Rica and Honduras both showed great accounts of themselves, especially because this Costa Rica team didn't have Navas and we're missing so many players, key players uh, due to COVID. So uh, a great performance from them, but uh, Mexico probably did just enough to, to squeak that one out. Yeah, it's a great example why Brian Reese is still doing his thing because he just, you know, um, sort of uh, enforces all that unity and stuff. Uh, Costa Rica, I mean, Ronnie Wallace said it on HQ and, and rightly so, like they're go they were going to give Mexico problems and problems they gave them. Uh, Heath, uh, we saw Tata before and after this game. Before he was chill, he was calm. I mean, the Mexico squad entered the locker room. Rodolfo Pizarro was walking around with a stereo. There was music playing. We hugged Hector Moreno. We were like, what's up? Everybody felt good. And after the game, like the USMNT were relaxed and chill. Mexico were like, we're pissed. Like we won, but you know, what's good. I think they knew that they, what they were about to get in the dressing room from Tata Martino probably. Well, what'd you make of that game, Heath? Yeah, I thought Mexico, again, showed a lot of flashes of individual brilliance. Um, you know, whether it's uh, Lainez or it's Chucky Lozano or it's Guardado, it's just so much quality. They remind you very quickly, especially early in that game, of just how many threats they have going forward. Uh, playing out of a three-back line, they're so calm on the ball to build up and solve problems. But on the other hand, they were exposed at times. And... Costa Rica brought a lot of attacks to a conclusion, right? Goal scoring opportunities, crosses from where, where you got to make a play. And I'm not talking about a play that's to your feet where a center back has to get over and make a, a significant play to kill an attack. And I thought that showed that they are human, right? That showed that they have vulnerabilities that a team like Costa Rica can, can get behind them. But on the reverse side, when... Mexico, starting with Henry Martin, were pressing really well. It is a very good press, and there is not a lot of places to go. And Mexico, like Honduras, like other Central American countries, uh, are very comfortable, technically, and 
tend to invite pressure like that to play out of because it creates those those advantages if you're going to switch the, the the point of attack and, and go if you can break through that stuff but when Mexico do it well it's really hard to get through that and and I fear without a Tyler Adams and without a connected midfield that I thought the U.S. struggled with um and being connected in their lines and being able to break through pressure and have creative runs and ideas and at the speed of that you have to at the international game. Uh, I, I'm a bit worried about the U S being able to really break them down and I, and, and, and Mexico being able to cough up a lot of those turnovers. I think when John Anthony Brooks, and now I'm sort of in the preview part of, of, of the game, but when John Anthony Brooks and, and, and Mark McKenzie are spread out, they get isolated. And I'm, I'm fearful of that when they're on the same page, um, they're good when they get Serginho Dest and 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 Reggie Cannon, and when they get these guys really lined up, and and somebody owns that back line. It's a pretty disciplined back line, but we saw the time that Serginho Dest dropped when the team held their line, and and what was an injury and whatever led to uh, uh, Zach Stefan having to stand on his head. So um, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at with with Mexico is that when Mexico presses really efficiently um, and they pick and choose their moments to press well. That's a very dangerous attack that tends to happen, um, that could happen against the U.S. team if they're not really strong in possession. I thought that Jackson Ewell struggled to figure out where he should be between the center backs and building up, and I think that is going to be exploded, exploited if, if they're not careful, you know, in terms of how does he, does he split the center backs and come back? Does he, was he staying too close? They were trying to push him out a little bit and be able to, because they were allowing those center backs to, to drive up the field where, you know, your buildup starts a little bit higher up. And it just seemed like because of that, they were having this disconnect all the way up to the field and Mexico will eat that up. You know, they press really, really well. They press like a club team presses in a gagan press system where you're trying to cough it up. Like they are. It's a Tata doing, press. It's a Tata yeah, Martino and, press. And, and, and I think that's a, that, that, is becoming more and more of a tool in the modern game as to saying like, yeah, Mexico could build up and break you down on every single play, or they could just win the ball on the top of the 18 because you make a bad turnover and they press you well and they create their chances with individual brilliance. So that's my take. Yeah, Jimmy, they miss Chicharito though, I think. I mean, they miss Raul Jimenez 100%, but I think Chicharito could have helped here, no? 100%. I mean, especially a Chicharito who's confident in good form. I mean, that's the best version of Chicharito when he goes through those ruts where he doesn't score for months on end, but then he's in the middle of 10 straight games where he's got a goal. I mean, that's the time you want to call Chicharito into the Mexican national team. And I do think given their prowess in and around the six yard box, which is where I think Chicharito likes to uh, make his hay. That, that could have been necessary to have someone like him. Because sometimes he makes some really good purposeful runs either to the near or back post. And that creates space for other players. You know, yeah. if the ball doesn't go to him, it's created an, an, an opportunity in another lane for, for another runner to run into. So I do think they missed maybe him even coming off the bench to, to, to be somebody, a, a bit of a spark plug. It's going to be a good game, though. I'm really excited about it. And to, to his points about the pressure, I am a bit nervous because I have seen us play in person where we try to make Zach Steffen our number 10. You know, he's the guy that's trying to play us out of trouble and that never lends itself well. And what I wanted to say about our performance today was that I don't mind the odd speculative ball every once in a while. It actually led to our goal, right? John Anthony Brooks has got it 40, 50 yards off away from goal. You know, he hits, uh, he sees uh, McKinney making a, yeah, a little fading run a little bit and he just pops the ball in and we get something out of it. It's okay to mix up our attack. We're not always going to have to play to the script because Mexico in particular know how to break up that script. So I'm really curious what our plan B and our plan C is going to be and if our players are on the same page for that plan B and plan C. Because another thing that worries me, when I started to watch the game and different areas of again and watch the highlights again, I saw Legette and Pulisic kind of running into each other. I saw 
these guys kind of running into the same space. I didn't feel like we really utilized our width as best as, as we could. I didn't see a lot of Anthony Robinson balls being whipped in or Sergio Dest really hitting the end line like we know that he can. So I don't know if we gelled completely on that. And I think we're still trying to work through who our best 11 is. Now to also his point and to Luis, I know you've mentioned it before and, and on HQ as well. There were some things to be very proud of. And they're like, wow, you know, these guys can really put it together once we're flowing. We just need to see longer stretches of that. And it's going to be hard against Mexico to find that identity and, and to, to, to establish a rhythm because that's what Mexico does best. They establish rhythms on both sides of the ball. And once they got you pinned, it's really hard to then, how are we going to solve this? And sometimes it is route one and we don't need to be embarrassed about it. We don't need to act like we're Barcelona all the time. Sometimes the right play is to hit it up over the top pin them back into their side and then we can play from there. We don't always have to be these, these uh, number 10 Javi's in the Iniesta's from 80 yards away from goal. Yeah. We're going to have a full on preview by the way on, and I can't wait. Yeah. That comes out on Saturday. So you have a full on day and a half to listen and watch us and stuff. But, you know, before we say goodbye, you know, any key things that, that you feel, I mean, listen, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Chucky Lozano against the right back side of uh, USMNT. I'm looking at Pulisic against those three center backs. There's going to be some interesting matchups uh, in, in this game. Is there anything specific that you're you're thinking of, Heath? Uh, I'll go. I'll go with you first. Anything individual that you that you're focusing on? Yeah. If you go back to the history of this, the national team, this is when we want a Pulisic to show up, right? I played with Landon Donovan for a number, a number of games. I'm sure Jamie uh, as well for, for probably almost all of both of our games. And there were certain times that you needed him to deliver and he tended to deliver. There were other times you go to Central America and, and he, he doesn't have his best game or it's not the right sort of setup for him, but he finds a way to be effective. But this is where your stars need to deliver. This is where they need to be able to come up with an individual moment of brilliance. I talked about that earlier about, about Chucky Lozano, these guys, having that confidence to be like, you know what, I'm going to drive inside. I'm going to beat two guys. I'm going to put this side netting and I'm going to wrap this game up uh, for my team. We have the quality on the U S team to be able to do that. Now, now they have to be able to follow through and, and, and get that done. And then the other, the other thing that I wanted to, to uh, say about this is, is again, everybody wants to talk about the number nine. Again, I know we're going to, we're going to do a full preview on this, I still like Josh Sargent. It's about putting Josh Sargent in the best positions possible. One thing I liked about Henry Martin is that he was their first press. He did that arching run every time to force the game one way and all the players on the field know, okay, that's the cue. Let's go. Um, I think Josh Sargent can do that as well. Um, but he also needs to be able to know that, that you got to finish that half chance of where he's backing. You know, if you're going to play that post-up play, you got to finish your one chance, but also put him into better positions. They were feeding him 30, 40 yard balls to his feet with a, with a, with, yeah, he's with just not a, gonna a win six, he's a not six gonna collapsing win on him, yeah. a center back up his back. And there was a few times he turned into that pressure. There was a few times that it was a 50, 50. And, and that's what I mean of like connecting these lines that, uh, as Jimmy mentioned before, is just like having those lines a little bit more connected so that you have a player further up the field connecting those dots. And then you have runs off of Sargent, but putting Sargent in a better position than just trying to jam it into him. Because the more I see it, Sabichu, this is the best, uh, uh best we'd ever seen him in terms of his activity uh, within the national team, his holdup play, his physical presence. You could just tell he was a bigger body on the field that welcomed physical contact, that welcomed 
players like kind of beating up around him. And I think that's a huge strength in the national team in the way that we're trying to play moving forward. Daryl DK. Hello. I know. I know. But by the way, I'm not going to go down that route because it just seems like Greg doesn't rate him yet. I know. You watch Barnsley play. Literally, it is Shaq in the post. We saw him today. Heath, Heath, today. That man's that man is he's a, a unit, man. He is. He is. <laughs> he I'm is sorry, Your Honor. Unit. My guy is just built different. This guy <laughs> literally, he, he he but that's the way he played at Burns. Literally, the idea is like old school. If you can put the ball, and I was I was talking to 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 my friend John about this during the game. If you can put the ball in the box ten times for a guy like Daryl DK, like they do at Barnsley, he's going to score one because it's going to pop out. Eventually, he's going to back somebody in. The ball's going to fall to a good spot. Someone's going to score. He occupies so much space and welcomes that scrappy sort of like. You know, we saw it with with I, I want to say it was was a sergeant where he had the half chance with his back to goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Jimmy, you know, this is a this is a Brian Ching kind of Connor Casey specialty. Mm-hmm. Back a guy all the way back in. You're not even facing the goal, but somehow you whip your hip around to get a shot on frame. And and that's like the glory of it. Right. It's not top corner or whatever. It's just a scrappy little like that sort of thing. And I think there is a huge value to that with the quality you have around that, that if you could simplify the roles of what that striker should do, and that's one of them, that's enough for me than having to be the poacher or the goal scorer, or like the glory, like the, the, the you know, the glory maker. No, that reminds me of a Carlos Ruiz, El Pescadito from Guatemala. He Pescadito, was, yeah. yeah. The that's, master, that's the master, shout, Jimmy. The master of backing, backing you in and trying to get, uh, and he dabbled in the dark arts. Wraps so. his arms around It's you unbelievable, you unbelievable. Can't move, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the one thing that I think is going to be interesting for us, and I know we'll take a deeper dive in our preview, is the fact that Mexico will high press, so there actually will be space in behind. I don't think Honduras pretty much absorbed it, kind of stood on top of their box for the most part. That's harder for Sargent, I think, to really run the channels. There's no channels to run into, right? He's just going to get the goalkeeper to run into. So I think there will be some space for us to exploit. Now it's just a matter of, of whether he's going to get the start or if you go with the guy that scored, it, it, that'll be a decision for Burhalter. I think Sargent will start. Another thing that I'm worried about, and, and he said at the start, is just uh, Chucky Lozano running in between Sergio Dest you know, in those channels and Mark McKenzie, who might be occupied already with Martin. And then yeah. you have uh, Lainez, who's on the other side, running in, in inside of Anthony Robinson to try to get inside of John Anthony Brooks. And that gives me some concern because that's a lot for those guys, the center backs to manage. You have Guardado and Herrera in the middle of midfield kind of running point. And then you have these guys that are slashing in between you and you're still trying to pay attention to Martin. There's the communication is going to have to be spot on and how these guys solve problems when they have the ball as well is going to be interesting because you could see a Mexico who be like, all right, why don't we drop off? Just drop off and we'll let the, our, the two center backs from, from the States. Try They've to done that the before. They've they have done, done it before. before. And we've seen it in game where they'll high press for 15, 20 minutes. And the, the, the rest of the time they'll back off until halftime. They you nearly don't know beat Brazil in the world cup because of that. And that wasn't even Tata Martino. So they can do it. It's possible. So. And they've got the guys to do it. And, and we've talked about Mexico enough. They, they have a nice blend of young and old and they know, and they have a lot of experience in CONCACAF and they know how to win. So, so it's going to be a great game and a great test for our players. And, and I'm excited to see how it all goes down. I love it. I love it. Well, that's it. That's our recap. I believe uh, I am dead now, everybody. I'm actually officially dead. I'm so what's, what's our What's our timestamp, uh, Luis? I, I I think we did decent. We probably could have done better uh, in terms of being efficient with it. I know. Lisa, what's our timestamp? Come in. You can come in and talk if you're not asleep. Oh, look, she's showing it. 32. Oh, 32, 32 minutes. That's right. pretty good. That's a good, that's a good yeah. length for a podcast. That's not yeah, bad. 22 for Jimmy and then, and then yeah, 10 okay. for you and I, Luis. Right, our, well, producer, our producer, Lisa, by the way, is like, she's like five to kilos away from just like dropping dead right as she just wants yeah. to go. 
<laughs> anyway, this was our recap of the Nations League CONCACAF Final Four semifinals. And we will have the preview to the third place match as well as, of course, the final as a USMNT against Mexico. It's going to be quite a game. Look out for it. Should be out from Saturday. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, guys. And thank you to everybody listening. We really appreciate you. Heath Pierce, thank you, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me all day long today for the last 14 hours. And I'm sorry about Peru. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Okay, Heath won't be here next time. But Jimmy, (laughs) I look forward to just talking to you. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. We are also on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso, and of course, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. We got plenty more to come, including the preview for the final of the CONCACAF Nations League and so much more next week, including Euros and Copa America. We don't stop over here at Kegolasso. So thank you so much for supporting us and have a great, great day. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.